Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to open with this thought. And the thought is this, that when we're reading the Christmas story, we're actually reading part of a pattern. And here's the thought that how Jesus came to earth is how Jesus comes in us. Let me say that again. How Jesus came to earth is how Jesus comes to us. And when Jesus established his kingdom, which is a heavenly kingdom, on earth, he provides a pattern for how he wants to establish his kingdom in us. And let's unpack this a little and let's read from uh, the book of Luke. Verse 26, it says, In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So Elizabeth was Mary's cousin. We're going to find out a little bit more about her story and her husband's story in a minute. And God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. So Nazareth is a town in Galilee. It's probably a little town. Okay, it's probably about two to four hundred people. Uh, I don't think they have a Woolworths there. I don't think they have a Coles there. I think they had a little IGA there to give you a size of the the town. And uh, so very small town. And verse 27 says, uh, It came to a virgin, pledged, the angel Gabriel, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So here's part of the pattern is that every time that God wants to do something significant, He will let you know. He will give you some clues. He will give you a message. Someone will speak to you. Maybe it might be an angel. Maybe you'll read it in the Word of God. Maybe it might be a friend. 
or maybe in a message that God will speak to you every time he is about to do something significant. Let's continue. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And the second thing that we understand from the pattern that God wants to show us that is that every time that God is about to do something significant, God will give birth and he will birth new life by the Holy Spirit. This is part of the pattern. Remember, how Jesus came on earth is how Jesus comes in us. And so in the book of John, chapter 3, Jesus is having a conversation with a religious ruler and he's a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus. And Jesus says to you, says to him, very truly I tell you, this is John 3, 3, that no one can see the kingdom of God unless what? Unless they are born again. So you see the pattern? how the power of the Holy Spirit birthed Jesus and that what we understand is that anytime God wants to do something in us, He has got to birth something new. He births new life. We have to be born again. This is how we enter the kingdom of God. This is how Jesus entered earth and this is how we enter into His kingdom. And verse 4, it says, how can somebody be born when they are old? Good question. Very factual. Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. And every time that God wants to do something in your life, it is going to start from the inside out. There is going to be this new birth, this new life, this new dream, this new vision that is of God, birthed by His Spirit. And that is how He's going to bring lasting transformation in your life from the inside out. God is going to work in your innermost being. He's going to change your your desires. He's going to change your will. He's going to change your emotions from the inside out. Let's continue verse 36 from the book of Luke. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was set to be said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And Mary says this, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. 
Every time that God wants to do something significant, it's going to set things in motion. So remember, if God's going to do something significant, which he's always doing, he's going to let us know. And then after he lets us know, he's going to birth something by his Holy Spirit, and then it's going to set things in motion. Do you know what happens when things get set in motion? Change. Disruption. Who here would say, I really love change. I really love different things. I love, uh, you know, new experiences or shifting things up. Some people do, some people don't. Who's like, I'm like, I, had, I do all, as much as possible the same thing every day. Yeah, some do, some don't. But we understand that when the Holy Spirit begins to birth life, there is this motion that gets things get set in motion and that motion begins to disrupt and that motion begins to bring change. And so the Spirit of God and what is birth begins to disrupt the environments, begins to unsettle things. And here is where the story gets interesting and we're going to have a look at what happens when the Holy Spirit sets things in motion with the new life of Jesus. Now, here's what I want to say. When new life happens, most people don't get it. Some people oppose it and others celebrate it. When new life happens, most people don't get it. Some people oppose it and others celebrate it. Have you noticed that? And the reason that most people don't get it is not because they don't see it. It's because they underestimate it. And the reason that most people don't get new life is because it is smaller and weaker than expected. As probably about 25 years ago, which sounds like a long time, uh, something happened on the internet called eBay. Does anyone remember the, the launch of eBay? So eBay's kind of still kicking around. I think it's like a, a lesser version of itself. I don't think it's aged particularly well. But when eBay first started, one of the big things was online auctions. And so like you would go into this often a bidding war. Sometimes you would pay more than you expected. Uh, if you know anything about auctions and what that does to you psychologically, that often happens. And so uh, my wife and I, we had a good friend and he was moving out of home. Uh, I think he was in his early 20s. And so he went onto eBay and he was bidding for this couch set because he wanted to set up his own home. And so he was there, he was watching it, you know, waiting for the auction if you've ever been on an eBay auction. And he was there and he kind of got in this bidding war and he's like, I nailed it. I got, I got it a lot cheaper. And so he gets the notification about um, that, he, that he won the couch set. And then he also, they also said, um, do you want us to post it to you? And so one thing that he didn't know is that he didn't check the measurements in that the couch set was about this big for a dollhouse. And he was convinced that he bought a full-size couch. It's a little bit like that with new life. It's smaller than we expected. It arrives in the post. My wife and I, we have three wonderful kids. They're amazing. 
if I'm honest, when they came home, they weren't really good at anything. I don't know if you've noticed this. I don't know. I, I'll probably, I forgot to ask some of the older generation. I don't know if this has been a consistent thing or a new thing just for me. But they had like no practical skills. Um, they would make mess and then they would make no apology. They wouldn't even attempt to clean up. And some of you with older kids are like, yes, that's, that's still a, a theme. And they just were not really good at anything. No practical skills. And my wife and I, we thought that it would improve over time. We thought, surely these kids have got... But it actually got worse. In fact, it got so worse... Is that... It got so worse... This is our state of mind. This is a window into our state of mind. It got so bad that what we had to do was we had to create small prisons around the home as they grew. I don't know if you've ever seen, they're about this big, they have bars, there's different types that you can get. And before you judge me, um, we had a prison over the kitchen, but it actually wasn't a prison to keep the kids out it was a it was a prison and my wife was in there in the kitchen and she was very grateful that she was safe from our toddlers and then we had other prisons we had one in the lounge room is a bit more wooden and then we had a really comfy one uh, it was a bit higher had a bed and we put that in one of the bedrooms when new life comes often we can look at it and say, this is, like, why? Like, this is weak. It's, it's not going to contribute. It's not going to add anything. And this is part of the story. Another person who was part of the story of Jesus was uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth. So remember, Elizabeth is Mary's cousin, and they need a miracle. They're a little bit older. They can't have kids. Zechariah is a priest. In That was his occupation. In fact, he's probably like one of 18,000 priests at that time. And he pretty much, he has a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go into the holy place to put some incense. So before and after the, the sacrifice in, in the temple system, they would have a priest and the priest would be chosen by lot. So chosen by chance. And because there were so many priests, you would only ever get one opportunity if you were lucky to go into the holy place to put on the in incense. And so Zechariah goes in there, most likely what he does, he comes and puts the incense on the heated altar and then he begins to lay down and, and, and begin to pray and begin to uh, seek God in the presence of God. And as he is doing this, an angel appears and says, I'm going to do something in your life. I'm going to do a miracle in you and your, your wife's life. I'm going to bring new life, obviously in a different way than, than what happened with Mary. 
But he says, I'm going to bring new life and you're going to have a son. Now, that's later to be revealed. That is John the Baptist, who is an instrumental part in the story of Jesus, preparing the way for Jesus. Now, Zechariah, when this new life, when this miracle is on the horizon, despite the fact that he's got an angel talking to him, he doesn't believe that what is happening, this newness, is powerful enough to overcome his circumstance. You see what I'm saying? He doesn't believe that what is happening, the new life, is strong enough to overcome his weakness and his wife's weakness. They're too old, they're barren, they can't have a baby. And so this is the reason that most times people don't get it because they underestimate it. They undervalue it. They see it, but they look at it and go, oh, that's smaller and weaker, and therefore it is not powerful enough to get the job done. Okay, something is going on here, but it's very small, it's very weak, and it's not strong enough to overcome. Most people don't get it. Some people oppose it. Others celebrate it. The reason that people oppose new life is because the kingdom of God threatens their own kingdom. That's the reason. There's six Herods in the Bible. One of them called Herod the Great, all right, self-titled. Andrew the Great. No, okay. Just getting a couple of eye rolls from the front row over here. There was a, you probably didn't hear that, but for the, those listening on po- podcast, there was an, oh, dad, from my daughter. Wonderful. So Herod the Great, he's a great architect. So he, he restores the second temple. He, he makes it beautiful. He invests in it. And he builds these amazing palaces for himself. But he is paranoid and he is a a murderer. So anytime anything or anyone threatens him, he acts violently. Kills a number of his own kids, kills his wife, drowns, I think drowns one of his kids in in his pool. He's a very terrible guy, very paranoid guy. Kills half of the Sanhedrin, the religious rulers, uh, all kinds of things. He is just anything that threatens his kingdom, he's going to go after it. He was, on the one hand, he, was, he abided to the, the, the strict Jewish rules, particularly around uh, what you could and couldn't eat. For example, he would never eat pork. On the one hand, but on the other hand, he was paranoid, even so much as when we find out in the book of Matthew that Herod ordered for ordered the children under two to be killed, people understand that one of his own sons was killed. So he killed his own son. 
So much so that Caesar Augustus is recorded saying in history that it is better to be Herod's pig than his son. Why did he say that? Because he wouldn't break the the Jewish religious rules, but he would do anything to stop anything or anyone that threatened his kingdom. And this is the reason that people oppose the kingdom of God is because it threatens their own kingdom. Now, remember we said how Jesus came to earth is how Jesus comes in us. So let's make this a little personal. What we have to understand when we say that most people don't get it and some people oppose it is that all of us from time to time, we are both most people and some people. Is when the Holy Spirit wants to birth something new when God wants to transform us from the inside out in a way that changes everything, that a lot of times we don't get it. Why don't we get it? Because it looks small and it looks weak. And we're like, how is this going to impact? Like, have you seen my circumstances? Have you seen my past? Have you seen the challenges that are going on in my life? Like, how is this little thing, this little bit of new life, this seed of something that God has put within me, how is that going to have any effect to change any part of my life in any meaningful way? Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever, like, you you know that God has spoken to you. You know that God has told you. You know that something's changed. But if you're honest, you're like, I I know that I can't deny the reality of what's happened. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to make any difference. Is that just me or is there, there others here? And this is part of what God wants to teach us about the story of Jesus. I don't get it. And I expected something bigger. And sometimes we ask for a tree and God gives us a seed. We ask for all these things and God says, yes, yes, I'm answering and I'm going to give you this seed. I want you to plant it. I want you to cultivate it. I want you to look after it. I want you to water it. I want you to protect it. This is what it means. The other thing that, if I'm honest, and this is part of our human condition, is that sometimes the kingdom of God will threaten my own kingdom, my own wants, my own desire, my own will, in the same way that it threatened Herod's control and power. That at times, I understand, and maybe this is you, that when Jesus comes, he brings his own way. He wants to be Lord. Yes, he's friend, but he wants to be Lord. And sometimes he says, I've got a better way of doing things and you need to trust me. You need to pump the brakes. 
You need to press pause. You need to redirect and actually seek me and surrender control and submit to who I am and my lordship. Because sometimes I won't get it and sometimes I'll oppose it. I did obviously talk about some of the challenges of parenting. But I think everyone who has had kids or has friends or, or someone, they know the power of new life. Is that even though when a child comes, when a baby comes, it doesn't have any abilities per se or any skills, for those who are parents, you know that it changes everything. It changes what you eat. It changes when you eat. Changes the temperature of the food that you eat. It's often cold. <laughs> it changes how you spend your money, how you spend your time, where you go on holidays, anything, you name it. And on one hand, we might think that this little baby is powerless, but we're, if we're honest... When we recognize it as a gift from God, it changes everything about our lives in a way that no other thing could. If we just made a list and said to just like a normal, so like 25-year-old person, I want you to change your diet, holidays, all these things, they would be like, no, I'm not doing that. I like things the way that they are. But do you see the power of new life? When new life comes, those changes, those desires, they begin to shift. New life changes everything. It does. It changes everything. New life changes everything. And so we've got these forces. That, as I said, some people, most people don't get it. Some people oppose it. So what are we left to do? And what I'm saying is we need to celebrate new life. Here's the thing. Whenever you celebrate new life or whenever you celebrate anything, I believe that it brings you closer to that thing. Would you agree? Whenever you celebrate something, it reduces the distance. One kind of uh, phenomena that I've noticed probably in the last four or five years is that um, younger couples, when they're engaged or married, uh, they have a lot of photos. Have you noticed this? Like when, when I was proposing to... Uh, oh, there's a, there's a good response. Oh, there's a good crowd this morning. When I was proposing to Rebecca, I didn't think who is going to take photos of my proposal or a video, okay? It's not as though it's either... Like, it's just, it just wasn't a thing, right? And when also, I've noticed that when uh, people get, younger couples get married, they put on their wedding photos like, who, who's got some friends and they're like, probably like weekly or monthly. You've noticed that? And guess what? I love it. I think it's awesome. Do you know why? Because they are continually celebrating that special moment 
that special moment in time. And I believe that those times are times to be cherished. And they are continuing in this mode of celebrating this amazing event that has happened in their lives. And I believe that we need to be people who continually celebrate the new life of Jesus. The new life of Jesus. That once we learn how to do that, that continually brings us closer to Jesus. Let's look in the Jesus story. Is when the wise men saw the stars, the celebration moved them to Bethlehem and closer to Jesus. When the shepherds saw an angel, the celebration moved them to Bethlehem and closer to Jesus. When Simeon and Anna celebrated Jesus, the celebration moved them into the temple courts and closer to Jesus. Do you want to see God's kingdom established in your life? Do you want to see the thing that you might overlook or think is powerless come and begin to grow and begin to prosper and and the things of God begin to thrive in your life? If you want to see that, we need to celebrate Jesus. We need to celebrate new life. We need to consistently and constantly be thankful for Jesus and his birth in our life. And sometimes we can be overwhelmed by our perception of the the largeness of the challenge. And we've got all kinds of real challenges represented in this place with people. We've got real things that people are going, I'm not diminishing that. But if we got to a point where we said, I don't know, like I'm not 100% sure what God has placed in me, but I have Jesus. I, like my bank balance is, it's going backwards, but I've got Jesus. I got some stuff going on in my life. I got some pain going on. I've got some things that have happened to me that are very real, but I've got Jesus. I know within my innermost being that God has spoken to me, that God is with me, that God has a future for me. I'm going to celebrate it. I'm going to cherish it. I'm going to allow that celebration to move me closer to Jesus because it's in Jesus that I'm going to find everything that I need. In a moment, we're going to take communion together. And uh, under your seat, there is a little cup that has a wafer and uh, two layers. So why don't you take a moment to, uh, just at the bottom of your seat there, just to undo that. There'll be some crinkling. Try not to giggle too much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The thing that I love 
about the story of Jesus, even around Christmas, is we know the beginning and we know the end. We know that Jesus came and he lived and he died a sinless life for us. And his death actually allows that new life to be birthed. And so in a moment, we're going to take communion together. We are celebrating the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. We are celebrating the fact that he took our place. We are remembering his broken body and the blood that was shed. And as we do this, I encourage you to make it personal around saying, God, what do you want me to celebrate? What have you called me to celebrate? What new thing, what new life, what new promise? For some of you, it might be just the simple as I just celebrate you in my life. It doesn't mean you've got to figure everything out. It just means that your celebration will bring you closer to Jesus. So why don't you take a moment to do that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would give us your vision to see you as you really are. Lord, I pray that as people, we would not despise small beginnings. We would not despise new life. That we would see new life in our own lives. We would see new life in others. We would see potential, kingdom potential, the new life of God in this church. That you would give us the faith, the ability to cherish what you've placed within us, not to diminish it. And God, by your grace, we pray, Holy Spirit, just begin to sweep across this place. Sweep across this place. Encourage hearts. Birth something new. Even in this moment, God is wanting to put something new, something new of His life in your life. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.